Welcome to the GW Business of Sports podcast. We talk about sports, careers, mentors, leadership, and a lot more here. And we do the show from the Foggy Bottom Campus in Washington, D.C. I'm Mark Hyman, professor in the Business of Sports program at GW. My producer is Henry Levy. Tommy Shepard, Senior Vice President for Basketball Operations for the Washington Wizards, came to campus recently, and that gave students in the Sport and Event Management course a chance to ask all manner of questions about the National Basketball Association, player movement, and potential roster moves. Before all that started, Tommy and I chatted about his years as a sports executive and how being a not-great football player at a not-great football school set him on this path. Tommy Shepard, thank you so much for visiting us at GW. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm very pleased to have you. I want to ask you about your life at the stage that the students in this room are. So when you were a junior or a senior in college, mm-hmm. and if you had been asked, what do you want to do with the rest of your life, what, what would you have said? Well, at my junior year in college, I would have told you I'm going to try to get into medical school. I was studying epidemiology and thought that was the path I was going to go. I was playing, actually, I was a, I was a Division One college athlete. I played football at New Mexico State and was studying up to go down a path I thought was, was really was set out for me. And then I got involved in the athletic department and absolutely slammed on the brakes and, and went another direction. Tell us a little bit about that. What, what about that job in, in the athletic department at New Mexico State? Well, when I was playing football, New Mexico State was not a very good football team, and uh, I wasn't playing. So that kind of gives you an idea of roughly what my skill level was. I was there. It was a simple exchange. I, I went to college uh, only because of athletics. Gave me an opportunity to get a degree, and um, I decided I was going to probably just stop play football anymore and figure I was going to have to drop out of school. And the athletic director and the football coach said, "Please don't do that. Let's keep you in the keep you under scholarship, but you have to work in the athletic department." So my career kind of came and found me just because of that decision I made not to play football anymore. And they asked me to work in, in the athletic department, and I worked in media relations. And it was just absolutely like a, somebody pulled the window shade up. It was something I didn't know there was a career in sports like that. I didn't, didn't have a clue. And once I, it kind of revealed itself to me, that's something I chose. Uh, I said, I'm going to pursue a career in this path. And that's generally the, the compass that I've followed is, is that's something that I really enjoyed, something I was really good at, something I knew inside and out. It didn't feel like work. So I was very fortunate. And as I got through college, got an opportunity to graduate and, and for a short time had, I was going to graduate school and again I got an opportunity at UNLV to be the sports information director there and changed my whole life. I went to UNLV, I met my wife, my future wife, who was a swimmer at UNLV, worked as an athletic trainer. So we kind of brought two careers together that were both going to be in sports. We had a pretty good understanding of where this was a crazy business and we knew probably going to move around the rest of our lives and fortunately for us we've only been two places so I've been in the NBA 26 years and or 25 years been married 25 years and been very blessed with that but I think when I started out in media relations I didn't know I was going to have a career in the NBA I just knew that that was something I was good at like I said I was working at UNLV and had a very good basketball team very good uh, 
situation for me to learn crisis management. It was also the most litigated university in the history of the NCAA athletics, uh, which we were very proud of at UNLV. You got to be good at something, so be good at getting in trouble all the time. But it taught me a lot, and that, that set up the career that I have to this day. Uh, I got an opportunity to work for the Denver Nuggets, walked in the media relations department. Uh, I was there a very short time working with the general manager, Bernie Bickerstaff, and kind of laid out to him, hey, one day I, I really don't want to just be a PR director. I want to run a team one day. And he gave me the opportunity. I said, what jobs don't get done? What's the most important things that you have that nobody wants to do? What are the jobs that nobody wants to touch? I'll do those jobs. Why, why did you say that to him? So you're not threatening anybody. And you knew there's plenty of those kind of jobs. And if you screw them up, you're out nothing. But what if you do it? What, what if you can take an area that nobody wants and make it something that shows that you got a little bit of experience and you got a little know-how? And, uh, you know, there was nothing venture, nothing gain. But I, I think I saw an opportunity at that time. There was a lot of areas that just weren't. We were understaffed. And the NBA was a different place back in the early 90s. We could still go see high school kids. Uh, we could go do a lot of different scouting opportunities that just weren't done because of manpower. So they didn't pay me any extra. I, I sure didn't. Uh, I didn't have to worry about what I was going to do with all the money I was making, you know, because we were basically working for free. But it was great. It gave me a lot of opportunity, and you just kind of roll that into things. But I, I was very, very, very fortunate to be around great people. So uh, on this podcast, we typically talk to two types of people, people who type one, mm -hmm. who have a very clear idea from a very early stage in their career what they would like to do, and they're able to map that out in, in quite a strategic way. And then others who, for whom a career is kind of a series of accidents, they have no idea where it's going, but... <laughs> More often than not, it leads to a, a pretty interesting place. Sounds like you're in that second category. Well, I think ironically, I'm a little bit in both. When, when growing up, I wanted to play in the NBA. That was my whole life. Basketball was my life. That's all I ever knew. I just happened to choose football because it was a full scholarship, Division One. Could have played basketball at some really small schools and, and probably schools you never heard of, and that really kind of hurts you later in life when you're trying to get a job. But I always wanted to be in the NBA. I found it ironic that I got to the NBA by playing football in college. But I remember hanging from a tree when I was five years old trying to get taller. I remember pulling my hair out trying to get a bush like Dr. J. I remember that's all I ever wanted to do, play basketball all the way through you know, high school. Like I said, I had opportunities to play in college. But football was it paid the bills. That was good for me. But I, I didn't know I wanted to run a team until I got to work for a team. And you realize that real quick that if you're in PR they, they really like you to be in PR and that's your focus and that's what you're going to do and that's one it's a fantastic route I wouldn't trade it for the world but I, I kind of had a bigger bigger goal in mind once I got involved in an organization how fun it would be to build a team and go out and, and compete and try to win an NBA championship and that the whole destination is is so fascinating as you go through a season and you go through a series of seasons of building teams and working with people and that, that just became so unique to me of, a, of an opportunity and a career that I wanted to pursue. And along the way, to your point, it, there has been some things that were blind luck. I mean, I'll be the first to say that. But there was also, you know, there's an S on the end of dues. And, and people that want to do what I do, hey, go do what I did. Go spend all the 25 years, a lot, a lot of hours, a lot of time away from your family. I encourage it. Go do it. But it's it's not easy, for sure. Not, wouldn't trade it at all, but I would always recommend get get more balance than I ever had.
you know, I didn't have a very balanced life. For about 23 of my years of being married, I spent more time with the organizations that I was working for than I did with my family. And I have seven kids, so that's pretty amazing. I would not uh, trade a thing. It's been fantastic. So one of the things that I admire so much about you, and, and you've been very nice to come to this class and speak, the sport and event management class and speak several times, um, is this idea that you could have stopped or, or you could have just gotten comfortable in a role in, in media relations, and that could have been your career. Yep. But unlike many people who I think probably would have been very comfortable in that role, you kept looking for opportunities and kept your eyes open for the chance to move into a more you know, responsible and senior role. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Were, were there voices that were telling you, stop, you've got a good job? Well, what was interesting, when I worked in, in Denver, I, I used to work for the Denver Nuggets. I was there for nine years, and the owner of the Nuggets, when I left there, was a guy named Stan Kroenke. Anybody follows the NFL, he owns the LA Rams. Anybody follows the NHL, he owns the Colorado Avalanche. Anybody follows the NBA, he owns the Denver Nuggets. He's a pretty powerful man, one of the most wealthy people in the, in, in the world. And uh, Stan had given me an evergreen contract, meaning I could work with the Denver Nuggets as long as he owned the team. And he was fantastic to me. And I got an opportunity to do so many things there and worked for a lot of great people. Kiki Vanderway being the last guy I worked with. And Kiki I work with now at the NBA office. He's uh, vice president of basketball operations. But it just didn't feel right. It felt really comfortable. And it felt like something like, to you said, I, I would have been happy doing that for sure. But I, I wouldn't have felt like I ever challenged myself you know you get skin in the game you know it, it, there's a big difference between sitting in the stands and cheering for a team and putting a team together and the highs are very high and the lows are extremely low and everything that goes with it and that's that's an addictive thing to be honest with you I love putting teams together I love going out and competing and, and trying to assemble people and it's a team effort I work with a lot of great people but you know the idea of just being at one spot doing the same thing the rest of my life is I'm not knocking at the people that do that just wasn't for me. I wanted the challenge of being able to, to shift and, and put things together. And I never regretted it at all. There, there, was all. there was other opportunities to do different things that took me away from the NBA. I just knew, like I said, since I was five years old, I wanted to be in the NBA. And here you are. Try to, try to maximize it. Try to run a franchise one day. That just that appealed to me at a, such a high level that staying in one place and being safe didn't make sense at all. You know, and especially living in Denver. Denver is a fantastic place. Anybody from Denver, Colorado? Anybody ever been to Denver, Colorado? Mm -hmm. It's a great place, right? It's wonderful. It's kind of homogenous. It, it wasn't for me in terms of raising a family. I wanted to be in a place that my, my, I wanted my kids to know that they grew up in the world. You know, the world doesn't look like you, doesn't think like you, doesn't act like you. You know, and sometimes you can get in some places where it feels like everything's the same. And you come to a place like the nation's capital, and there's just it's such a wonderful, diverse inclusive place and, and so many thoughts going on at once and I thought it was a great place to raise kids. It was a very big uh, move for our family to leave Denver to come here and we've been here 15 years and it's been, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's been fantastic. Okay, a couple of Wizards questions before we let you go. Go for it. Why do we suck right now? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We're, we don't stink. We just got off to a really bad start. We got some challenges that we got to get straight but that's part of this. It's the same as if you started out great. If you follow sports, you know teams kind of go to the highs and lows. And I compare it to maybe looking at your stock report every day. 
You don't want to do that. You don't want to look at your 401k report every day. You don't want to look at things that are there's great variance. I think you got to be right in the middle where things are so high and so low, you got to kind of be on an even keel because most of the eyes of the franchise are looking towards leadership. How are they responding to this? If we're running and panicking, then everybody else is going to run and panic. Get some tough losses early, and I think you got to learn from them. Certainly, we're not going to take underperforming very long. It's part of this business, but I think we got a good chance to turn it around. Really excited about what's ahead. We have great people. Scotty Brooks is a fantastic person. Has some very good players and very confident. I, I can't say enough though. We have one of the best owners in all professional sports, and Ted Leonsis. He sets the tone for the whole organization. We're very blessed to have him in Washington D.C. I think he's been, uh, as he's shown with the Capitals, he's extremely patient, extremely loyal, and very invested in this community. And that's the kind of people I want to be around. I want to, one of the great attractions of working here in D.C. is working for him. What's it like to sit next to you during a game? <laughs> you know, I'm actually pretty calm. I like watching games. I love basketball. I love the NBA. It's the greatest basketball on the planet. So there, there's times I, I like to give free advice to the referees sometimes. And sometimes you like to think that every shot should go in or every play should work. But I think at the end of the day, at my core, I, I love basketball so much. You're watching games. and. Even if a guy's cooking you and you're watching somebody just tear you up, it's, you know, Steph Curry. If you go to a Warriors game, that's that's probably as close to perfect basketball as you can watch. And I appreciate what he does for the game. It's funny. I remember when he was a little kid. I tell you how old I am, but his father was a good friend of mine, and just watching him grow up and become who he is. And really, what's amazing about the Curry family is that their other kid, Seth, is in the league. He plays for Portland, but. You know, to have two children in the NBA, you know, it's easier right now if you run down and win, you win Powerball quicker than you can play in the NBA. It's very difficult. And here's a guy, not only did he play, but his two kids. It's pretty amazing. Before you go, yes, uh, advice for for this group in front of you. If if the goal is to work in professional sports, or, or let me modify that, if the goal is to work in sports. What are the steps that students at GW should be taking now while they're in school to further that? You know, the best advice I could give anybody is get involved. If you want to go into sports, you want to go into team operations, there's teams here on campus. Go volunteer. If you want to work in the athletic department and marketing, sports marketing, nothing gets you in the door quicker than saying, I'll work for free. Nothing gets you in the door quicker than saying, I'll volunteer at any event, any time, any place. Those things really resonate because people need help. I think showing up a half hour early and staying an hour after the times that people are supposed to show up, those are usually when the crisis happens. That's the quickest way to a battlefield promotion. Show up early, stay late. That's when things happen, either first thing in the morning or last thing at the end of the day. And you get an amazing amount of responsibility if you're the only person around. It's amazing how much that's, that's come full circle in my career, how much happens at the end of days beginning of the day to get stuff taken care of. You need anybody that's in the room. You get deputized very quickly. Um, I, I would really highly recommend a self-evaluation. What do you enjoy? What drives you? What are you passionate about? doesn't mean you're going to get a job in it. Not at all. But it helps you kind of get to your focus. If you don't like a certain sport and there's an opportunity in that sport, maybe look at it and say, this is an opportunity to learn or change, change my attitude towards that sport. But by and large, you know yourself better than anybody. You can't lie to yourself. If you don't genuinely enjoy 
people probably don't want to go into sports because there's a lot of people in sports. If you don't enjoy, uh, like I said, working very crazy hours, late nights and stuff, this may not be for you. But if you do enjoy these things, it's the greatest career you'll ever have. You're always surrounded by competitive people. How many people in the room played sports? Right, so you know what it takes to be an athlete, right? You, you got to be competitive. You can't worry about a calendar or a clock. or It's all teamwork and, and goal-oriented and all the comp competition, all the preparation, those things that make you a great athlete make you very employable. And, and I think those are the things that come up time and time again. Who's a good team player? Who, who is somebody that has that humility to, to be a great teammate? Those are things that we always look for when you're employing somebody, and I think that's – that's a big part of the thrill of being in sports is being around like-minded people. Tommy, thank you. Absolutely.